Hello and welcome to All in the Addicted Gamblers podcast. My name is Brian and I am here to tell everybody that we have a new sponsor for the podcast. It's not quite a new sponsor as much as it is our first sponsor. That's right, we have a sponsor. And I'm pleased to announce that Gamban has partnered with me to help present this podcast. You see, for years I've been doing this podcast and it is a wonderful and the, one of the best experiences of my life to be able to do this podcast and talk to as many people as I can about gambling addiction. There are so many of us that are affected by our own addiction to gambling. Gamban is an app that you can download to your phone, your tablet, or your computer to help you block websites that have gambling on them. So if you gamble online, this app is for you. Now, this app is $3.49 a month, or you can get a 15% discount and purchase it for the whole year for $34.99. Now, what does Gamban do? Well, Gamban will block those websites that you like to go to and gamble, and that is a roadblock. And roadblocks are important when you are trying to recover from gambling addiction. If you can't access it on your phone, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to stop gambling. I've spoken to the people behind Gamban, and they are good people. If you want to check out more about this, go to episode 96. Melissa from Gamban hopped on and talked to Jeff and I for an episode to talk about what it is that Gamban does. And the best part about Gamban is that it's presented by lived experience people. These people had a gambling addiction, and they came up with a solution. Go to Gamban.com. Check out all the information. Uh, They do do a seven-day free trial, so if you just want to pop it on your phone or tablet or computer and give it a try for free, you can do that. So my thanks to Gamban for sponsoring. You'll be hearing me talk more about Gamban. We'll have some more people from Gamban on the podcast. And in the meantime, please listen and learn from those who know a better life without gambling. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to All in the Addicted Gamblers podcast. My name is Brian and I have not placed a bet since July of 2014. And Jeff is gone today off doing other work. So I'm joined by Alex Macy of Gamvisory Group out of the UK. Alex, thank you so much for being on the podcast. That's a pleasure, mate. Nice to meet you. It's really great to meet you. I've been following you on Twitter for some time. I I quit Twitter back in December and I came back a couple months ago um, because I the Missing out on talking to people about gambling is what I was doing. I quit Twitter because I was being angry and saying things about politics. And I thought, I got to get off this whole thing. So here I am back. And I've been following you mostly ever since. The community of gamblers on Twitter is, I think, a really solid community overall. It seems to be a lot of people who are just trying to get help for those who need help. And that's where I discovered you. And so if you would just take a moment to tell us about yourself and talk about your gambling that you did. Yeah, sure. And um, I mean, firstly, yeah, it's a great community we have Twitter-wise over here. Well, all over the world now, it's it's a great thing. And I I, I know what you're saying about taking a timeout because I've taken some timeout timeouts myself. But so a little bit about me. I'm um, 39 at the moment. I come from Weymouth, which is a seaside town south of um, England in a small county called Dorset. Um, yeah, I've had a, a generally a whole disordered life of gambling. Um first started so I'm, I'm in a seaside um town in weymouth and we've got a lot of arcades down here so amusement arcades you know um games and we have fruit machines as well which back when i was a young lad we could still play and actually still can now as a kid actual well, I think fruit machines that pay out yeah yeah actual fruit in machines. the arcade uh-huh yeah oh. i mean they have a they had a five pound limit back when i was 11 and, and that's still the same to this day and i think 
between me and you and all the listeners that's going to be changing soon <laughs> but um oh, good. So, yeah when i was 11 um me and my mates would go to town you know getting a bit of independence away from our parents and we'd go down the arcade and play games and a, a few of us would go on the fruit machines and most of my mates would step away after you know pound or whatever but i'd end up being glued to these things and spending my whole five pounds um pocket money in like half an hour and then moping around town with my mates feeling like shit because um you know everyone's everyone's um going to mcdonald's and eating eating nice food and i'm not and um and then that manifested into me starting to steal from my mum's purse and then riding my bike down on my own to to fund this gambling and and i was addicted pretty much instantly um so i got found out and um you know brushed under the carpet nothing really happened no treatment anything like that got a telling off um and then it was i guess skipping forward um to when i was about 18 starting to earn a bit of a wage um uh every payday i would find myself going to the pubs basically and the the bookmakers and start to put um, more money in the fruit machines and i was just trapped in this cycle of getting paid and and going and wasting it on the fruit machines and, and football bets was that because why do you think you started going immediately? Is it because you had been playing? You were were you counting down to when you turned eighteen? You could go into the bookmakers and pubs. Well, I mean, I guess as a, as a kid, when you've been found out about your gambling and then you don't really have money to fund it, you know, it was it was just kind of parked. You know what I mean? But yeah, looking back, there was definitely a childhood depression that was not dealt with. You know, and so I guess when I started having the independence, you know. Um, 16 to 18 particularly i'd say particularly 17 18 because that's when i could be allowed to go into pubs and bookmakers so i guess that's why it happened back then um because i had that independence and i was allowed to go in these licensed premises um so that kind of occurred for you know well for about five years that cycle drinking a lot um i started dabbling in cannabis as well when i was about 18 but not too massively you know but I guess it really sort of started to propel when I when I when I joined the police. Um, I think I was age twenty two, so this was back in two thousand three. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting this massive wage that I've, you know, this just surpasses anything I've ever had before. And and it was also a monthly wage as well. And this again was the same sort of time as the bookmakers over here had what's called fixed odds betting terminals. And they're basically machines that had um, roulette, blackjack and fruit machines on them. <clears throat> so I quickly started going to the bookmakers and, and I was slamming all my monthly wages into these things. And, and, and again, the payday cycle, payday gambling cycle started again. Um, um, and, and I just, yeah, I mean, I joined the police at that time and it, and it was it, it was a tough existence, really trying to deal with being a copper and um you know, slamming your wages, being a disordered gambler. But I did know early on that I had this problem and I, I admitted it to myself. And I remember going to my GP um, pretty early on, um, probably 2003, maybe even earlier, actually, and and saying, look, I've got this problem. Can you help? And uh, the, the GP said to me, you know, that's a bit stupid what you're doing. You know, why don't you save your money and buy a house? So, you know, that didn't help. Um, and then I was like, I guess I was starting to get into a little bit of difficulty in the police early on in my probationary period. Um, and I don't think that was that was more about personalities and, and the people that were training me rather than my problems. 
But what it did do is made me think, okay, I've got to protect myself because I can see what's happening. They're going to try and get rid of me. So I made some disclosure to the to the welfare team. And this was back in 2004. And I said, I've got this gambling issue. I need, I need some help. Um, and, you know, they, 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 back, they backed off then and, and they got me some treatment, some CBT. Um, what's it was CBT? A, it's, sorry, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh. Um, I, I don't know whether it's big in the US. It's certainly big over here now. Um, but it was a weird therapy. It was, it was, I, I found it strange. It was almost like hip, hypnotherapy to a degree. But anyway, it kept me off, it kept me off gambling for about a year anyway. And, um, but it didn't resolve a, anything else. I still had this underlying depression that was there and it was probably exacerbated by the fact that I couldn't now gamble, you know? Um, so I was off it for about a year and then, um, I got into this CID um, department, so like detectives in the police, quite early in my career, kind of straight out my, my probationary time. So we're looking about 2005 now. And my office was um, directly below the like the canteens. So it used to be a pub, but they got a freight machine in there. So yeah, I started playing those those things rather than doing my work for hours on end and 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 playing scratch cards as well getting a load of scratch cards from the shop opposite and i was getting into internet gambling on and back then it was just kind of poker um, back in the early years over here um, and it didn't really rinse me that much because as you know it's a game of skill and you can kind of you can kind of do all right if you've got the patience and ability um, but anyhow the fixed odds betting terminals were the ones that sort of really sort of got to me and, and took my wages and so yeah, this this pattern carried on pretty much all the way through to 2017. I had I had the odd sort of six months or a year off gambling here and there, but the other issues were always there. Um, and then 2009, the floodgates kind of opened, which they're about to in the USA, I believe, with with online gambling and online the online casino element opening up, yeah. which was 24/7. So you know. Um, I, I was basically nailing pretty much half my wage on online casinos and then half in the fixed odds betting terminals. The betting shops close? The ones that? on the corners and stuff? The betting shops? Do They're those still, close at night? Yeah, yeah. They close at like oh, nine, okay. eight, nine, ten o'clock back then, probably a bit earlier. So, yeah, obviously um, you, you can gamble on your phone and computer 24-7. And, yeah, I, I mean, I can remember several occasions where I literally – you know, I gambled all night till like I know, five in the morning and then you've got to go to work at like midday and it's just phew, done all your wages. You've got no sleep. And then you go and um, you're dealing with the the atrocities that the police service brings to you, you know? Um, yeah. So I transferred then to my home County in Dorset and this was 2008 and I sought some more treatment um, and it was kind of okay treatment and it kept me away from gambling for about a year again. Was um, this treatment for the underlying depression or for gambling or was it both? Um, well, I mean, this treatment was, was paid for by the gambling industry. I, I remember, but it was, it was kind of unpicking stuff from childhood. So I guess, I guess both, but there was no specialized gambling treatment, if that makes sense. It was okay. trying to un unpick the stuff that went on, I guess, as a kid or whatever. Um, but so, yeah, anyway, I stayed off that for about a year and then um, the cycle began again, payday gambling and, you know, um, and then I think around 2015 was a bit of a, a breaking point. Well, I just thought, you know, I, I'm, 
I can't enjoy this job because of the the um what am I doing? I'm working, you know, I'm rolling around the floor with drunks. I'm, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting involved with fights. What for? I've just done on my wages, you know, for the whole month. And now I've got to do this. And I just thought, I can't do this, man. So yeah, I, I, I had six months off the police thing, just trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And um, yeah, and I made some more disclosure to them again, different police force this time. And I told them everything and um, smoked a lot of cannabis. I told them about that, which was a, a relief because I knew I was going to get drug tested and get that dealt with. And the police, yeah, you know, they supported me. They were good. And, and um, you know, they gave me a counsellor, had six sessions. It was, did get, I got zilch out of it. There was no sort of specialised gambling treatment from that. They paid for another consultant, uh, psychiatrist, I think, and had something like 12, 15 sessions. And again, I stopped for like six months and then went back to it. They paid for a, another guy, you know, and this is costing them loads of money and the, and the treatment. Say so a lot of the time I was coming out of these sessions and literally gambling straight away. It was so something wasn't working. And then the final guy I had, I remember having him, he was a decent bloke, but I was, it, this was kind of my rock bottom point where I'd nailed like, I don't know, 10 grand in a few days or whatever. And I know for a lot of people that isn't much and a lot of people it's loads, um, but it was my rock bottom anyway. And um had six sessions with this guy and I said, look, this, this, this ain't working, you know? So he kind of changed tact a little bit and we ended up having a total of, I think, over 20 sessions. So it's pretty much like a year, I think. And um, again, it was something wasn't right with it, but it was kind of working. And, and I thought, you know, I've, I've got to do something here. And um, actually what triggered it off um, shortly after my rock bottom and at this point, I got a flyer through the my door from a gambling company like a um it was a, it was a personalized address to me flyer prom promotional flyer and i kind of looked at it in the morning i was like yeah whatever fucking shite and then um <clears throat> later on that day um i'd had a couple of bottles of wine and as you probably know you kind of you're medicating away from from one to another you know yep and at that time i was drinking heavily to to sort of numb out the stuff that was that was going on you know but anyway, I got a little bit drunk that evening and and I just saw, you know, I went to the toilet, whatever, came back and saw that flyer and I picked it up and I thought, well, I was trying to open an account on online. And luckily I'd cut my card up so I couldn't do it. And then I woke up in the morning and I was like, geez, thank, thank God. Um, thank God I didn't gamble. And then I looked at this flyer again. I was like, man, I'm sure, sure I've had an account with these guys, you know. And so what I, what I would kind of do, as I say, with this payday gambling, I was, I would like, open an account up around payday just type in online gambling online casino open up whatever came along didn't didn't know who it was didn't care you know and um yeah so i i emailed these guys and said look i've had an account with you and they said yeah yeah you had an account in like um it was like the march so maybe like four months um after i got this flyer so i'm like did i self-exclude that to tell you i had a gambling problem they're like yeah yeah you self-excluded Black in March, blah, blah, blah. I said, so why are you sending me this stuff? Um, and they, they just dismissed me saying, oh, you know, it's, it's just one of our affiliate companies, which is basically a company they pay to drum up business for them. Uh -huh. And just brushed it off like that. And I'm like, well, surely this isn't right. And then I started digging into things and, and I dug into their rules and it said, you know, we're responsible for affiliates and we can't send you marketing when people have told us they got a gambling problem. So I challenged them about this. And again, they just, they just didn't care. So that kind of triggered me into something, I guess. And um, I kind of started researching everything, um, trying to join up the dots. And 
And one of the first things I came across was um, gambling disorder, from, which is DSM-5 um, 2013. And I read about gambling disorder and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, why is, why is no, why have none of these um, like psychologists and psychiatrists ever mentioned this when it's, I'm reading this and it describes me, it sums me up to a T, you know. So I'm reading this and thinking this, this is weird. So I start challenging the medical world and saying, you know, what's going on? Have you heard of this? And they're like, not really. Um, I went to my GP again and said, you know, have you heard of this? And he's like, yeah, no, and sort of Googled it. And like, and at the end of that, um, uh, meeting with the GP sort of said, well, what, what do you want to be signed off as on your medical certificate? I said, well, gambling disorder, you know, because that's what it is. And he, and he did. Um, so I started researching the laws around gambling, the Gambling Act, which was made in 2005 in England, which basically opened the floodgates for gambling here. Again, similar to us, to what's sort of happening in the USA. Um, so I read the law, I read all the branches of the law, I read about the gambling commission, the guys that are going to regulate gambling. And um, <clears throat> I, I started to trawl through all my emails, going back like eight years, every single gambling related email that I'd sent, uh-huh. every piece of marketing, and you know, I had like hundreds of pages of it. And it's the same stuff over and over again, you know, can you self exclude me, spent too much, got a gambling problem. And I had like 50 of those emails with different companies. And so is that this... how you self-exclude in the UK? You send an email to the operator and say, I'd like to self-exclude? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. So there's no national list. There's no way to do a blanket self-exclude. You have to go individual. At that time, there wasn't. Um, literally, uh-huh. I think literally one year ago, something called Gamstop came out, which is a, which is a proper list. So that didn't exist back in back in like, you know, my yeah. day pre pre 2019 to so 2017. So none of that ever existed. There was no joined up process. In all those emails that you sent, those were you saying, I know I have a problem. I know I need yeah. to step away from gambling. Please yeah. let me do this. Exactly that. You know, I was yeah. honest with them, you know, this and it would be me nailing my wages um, and then two o'clock in the morning sending them this email, you know. It's the same sort of cycle over and over again. It's impressive that you were able to send the email, though. I mean, I never self-excluded from anywhere because I was always worried. A lot of it was brick and mortar self-exclusion. So I was concerned Mm. that I would get trespassing if I then set foot on the property. Mm. And I didn't trust myself to not gamble enough to not trespass. So I guess, and I never dealt with online. And that's why this is just different animal altogether than what I had to deal with. Yeah, I say, and the thing is, we're all different. You know, we all deal with it differently. And um and this is why I can always, I guess this is why I'm never really attacked that much because you get these guys that, 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 that's, that don't have an understanding about, about, about the illness and say, you know, take some responsibility. And, and I can turn around and say, you know what? I took a lot of responsibility. Have a look at the 50 yeah. emails I, I sort of sent. You, you know have I mean? receipts. Yeah, that's it, man. And um, so, yeah, I, I got all these emails and I started um, marrying up the emails to, to certain companies, you know, and, and you'll probably have it over in the USA, basically, where you'll have like a parent company and they, whatever they're called. And then underneath this parent company, you could have like, I mean, in the, the biggest out, one of the biggest outfit here, subsidiary wise, has like 100 plus different named companies, if that makes sense. So you've yep. got the parent company and then you've got like 100 different online casinos under it. So if you use any one of those 100 online casinos and say you self-exclude, then they've got to make sure you're not playing with any of any of the 99 other ones. Oh, that's the law. Yeah, that's so oh, that's cool. in yeah that's, that's good in law. Well, it's a good law if it's adhered to. But obviously, I'm seeing the fact yeah. that I've got hang on five 
different emails over <laughs> three or four years saying the same thing to all of these companies that are from the same parent company. You must have been so pissed off when looking at these, like examining them over again and saying, it's, it's, Jesus, I tried to get out of this and these yeah. people just kept coming. That's it, man. And and what I say to people is seeing this evidence is, is kind of like seeing your illness in in like paper and data form, you know. But anyway, you know, I don't I had I had my sort of detective hat on and um I did what's called a subject access request, which is where you can ask after identifying these companies, you can ask them for all your data. So all your gambling data transactions, you know, how much you spent, itemized play, what you played with and and your losses. So I, you know, I, I think I, I identified about 20, 25 different parent companies and bundled them with these self, uh, subject access requests, requests at the same time and then like had thousands of pages to go through. Um, yeah, and as I say, see, seeing this in data form, you know, playing the thousands of pounds for hours on end um, and the, the interactions you're having with these companies and, and the self-exclusions and the... And the marketing that's and text messages that are sent to you after you you know self-excluded and you're thinking geez well well i've just read up on the law and i know what what's what now so i built a load of cases um and and started challenging these guys and saying you know what's going on can you show some accountability and i spoke to lawyers and directors and i'd say trying to think i honestly couldn't say but i'd say about five out of i whittled it down to about 12 or 13 cases that I could actually, you know, kind of have some evidence um, of wrongdoing. And I'd say about four, maybe three at the time, at real, real push, got some accountability and, you know, got some refunds. And and that's generally what we're talking about here. We're talking about refunds. We're not even talking about the fact that, you know, I could have been suicidal. And I was suicidal after a lot of that stuff and feeling horrendous, you know, I wasn't asking for compensation. Um, but yeah, the other, the other guys, they they either ignored me or just flat right denied the evidence and you're thinking so from there i'm like okay well that's okay i know we've got the gambling regulator here which is called the gambling commission that they're, they're sort it out for me they're you know they'll be the heroes and deal with this so um i um i basically gave them all the material the cases and say hey look here's the ready-made cases for you of clear breaches and of laws and rules um please look into it didn't hear anything back so i'm like okay so about three or four months later. That, I'm, said, I'm sorry, Alex. I just have to yeah. interrupt and ask you this. Is the gambling commission over everything in England? Yes. Or is it broken down into different areas at all? Or is it just one blanket over the whole? It's the whole of England. So it's land-based casinos, land-based bookies. Um, it, it, it's not arcades and fruit machines. There are different organizations, but it's basically bookies. Oh casinos and online casinos yeah so yeah it's the whole of england okay yeah so yeah i didn't hear anything so three months later i i i said hey uh here's my cases again i want to complain as well just to let you know um and they they basically came back and said oh really sorry you know we uh we didn't get your cases because we had some problem with our co computers um we didn't get your attachments so i'm like okay well get onto it now then and they're like yeah okay so this went on and and <sighs> I kind of realized that they were pretty useless and they turned around and said, look, we don't deal with individual cases. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I'm afraid, you know, we're, we're just logging material. So I'm like, as a, you know, as a cop, I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? So you're just, as I, I said to these guys, so me being a copper, some old girl comes and said, Hey, someone's just nicked my um, handbag. And I'm, I'm just say, Hey, I don't deal with individual cases, but 
if another five or six of you come, then I might look into it, you know. But they didn't care. And um, so, um, um, yeah, anyway, I complained about them and, and got my MP involved and had this parliamentary ombudsman review. It was the first and only one so far. And that came back as like, yeah, they've done nothing wrong because they're just following policy. And you're like, okay. So that's really where where I was with with things. So the and gambling like, commission, they came back and said the gambling commission didn't do anything wrong because they were just following the policy that they had to follow. That's it. So then that's it's it. what is that? What's the next level then to go to? Well, this is it. What you know, and this is a theme for a lot of people because bearing in mind that there's a few people that that were in or have been in my boat and the same as me and done this process as you as you go on Twitter and find out and and the only option you have is you know and then they actually say this your only option is to, to, to take court action well how are you going to do that if you if you're at your rock bottom with no money and you're right and you're kind of you know you're going a lot of people are going through issues as well when you come out of your gambling you, you're kind of mixed up and you're all over the place and it and it took me two years from that point of realization to to feeling like i've got through it all you know it was a two-year process um <clears throat> so then i then i um i think i joined twitter in um i think it was uh december 2018 and i i managed to come across this this um bbc pro, uh, radio program called you and yours which is a consumer program okay and they, they've been covering some gambling stuff so i thought hey you know i'm gonna i'm gonna write to them and tell them what's what with my case and yeah they i got in contact and they were interested so i went on the radio show and i think that was early it was either late 2018 or early 2019 and, and told them my story and and I'm still in the police at that time and, and it's kind of a weird thing so I do it I do it anonymously you know to protect my identity identity in the police career yeah so yeah so I did the radio program and then kind of joined Twitter at the same sort of time and um yeah I just I just kind of um I guess start to become a bit outspoken on Twitter and um, <laughs> yeah. I mean I've always been a bit outspoken to be honest with you when it when as far as like misjustices go and wrongdoings yeah. I'm quite passionate with with doing the right thing and got that from my granddad you know and it's all about if you you know just treat people fairly basically and when that doesn't happen my back's up so but um I, I guess I, you my, know overall I think you're good I, I think you're good when you, I mean if you compared your Twitter to the rest of Twitter Mm. I'd say, you know, you're very cordial and nice. Every now and then I'm kind of like, uh, you know, he he's calling some people out. I don't want to get in the middle of that. And I don't know yeah. the whole story. Uh, so that's why I wanted to talk to you is just to see who you are and what your story yeah, yeah. is. And I, you know, every story is great. And this is I mean, the fact that you were a copper and you're now using those skills to investigate what did you wrong. It, I mean, you're like the plot of a movie almost in the way that you're going about this. And it's, it's, it's an incredible little story that now I get to watch unfold because now I have a better understanding of who you are. So I don't think, I don't think you're mean on Twitter at all. I think, you know, every now and then I'd be like, Oh, Alex, why do you got to do that to that person? Can you just talk about it? That's generally yeah. my reaction. No, I think, and I don't think you're the only one. Hence why I get like two likes generally on an average, but um, I know people are looking in and it's, it's, it's all right, you know, but Look, I try and keep evidence based, you know, mostly with what I do. And um, so, but I, I, going back to the initial Twitter, I, I, I think one of my proudest achievements really to date, and yeah, I'm not going to take full credit for it, but when I came on Twitter, everyone was talking about problem gambling, and and people can still use that. It doesn't offend me, and it's and it will never really offend me. But 
I kind of decided to use the phrase disorder gambling and, and, and slowly but surely everyone or a lot of us guys on our side have, have kind of converted to that. And I've noticed not, that. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason it's gambling disorder is talked about over here. I will say mm. the, the people who work for the councils are aware of the DSM five and yeah. very aware over here of that. There's just not yeah. as many people over here that seem well, to be talking about gambling addiction in the way that the UK is. Well, yeah. I mean, like for once, for once, I guess you guys are 10 years behind the UK, which very is a rarity. So. We're normally and it's 10 scary. Years behind you. Yeah. It's, 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 you're not kidding. There's a wave of gambling coming. And I always, I keep saying, and I, I there should be a better word for it, but I keep saying it, it's going to be a disaster, mm. but I don't know what to describe it as other than that at this point, because the online gambling, that 24 hour access on your phone, you know, you can speak better to about it, what I can, but I know how much I'm on my phone without my main addiction of my 14 year career. So you add That's... gambling to that and it's a scary uh, combination. Absolutely. And then I think Matt, Matt Gasker, who's a, a leading guy in the NHS gambling clinics here, described it perfectly as, as basically having a last, you know, it's kind of a, having a Las Vegas strip in your pocket, you know, it's just, it's something else. And like you said, people are on their phone board and you've got the virus and lockdowns and stuff. It's just a perfect um, storm really. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just tough going, but um, yeah. So yeah, that's really where it's been. And, and I guess, um, becoming outspoken on Twitter, getting in the media, doing a few bits and pieces on TV and the radio. Um, you know, that right there is a good indicator as well about how much you guys are talking about it over in the UK versus how much we're talking about it here is that there's somebody from gambling addiction, Twitter, usually daily that says, oh, I was on the radio. Oh, I was on TV. I was on. There's a lot. Well, at least compared to here, a lot of media coverage. I'm sure you would disagree and say there's not enough. But again, looking from this side of the water, so much more coverage about gambling addiction over there than here. Yeah, oh yeah, that's for sure. And you know, when I came in, the thing is, I mean, there was a there was a big campaign that went on over here about the estate reduction for the machines and the bookmakers, and and I was blissfully unaware because I was gambling. And now I talk to the guys that were were doing that campaign, but I don't think there was a I don't think there's been a great deal of like scrutiny over here until about the kind of same time I came along in 2018 so I think it I talking from the guys that have been around for years you know what they tell me is it's only really picked up in the last year year and a half over here um so and that that's taken a lot of harm and exploitation you know for us to get to that phase and so you're talking what 2020 now that's I guess if you think the when the casinos were opened up online here, it was 2009. So we're talking like 11 or 12 years of, of this. So, you know, I hope that you guys don't have a decade of, of, of what we've gone through, you know, to get things right. And I hope you guys can just learn from the mistakes that have happened here. And, 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 you know, guys like me can come over and tell, tell it how it is and, and say, look, you've got to do things a different way um, to what we've done here. Otherwise it's going to be an immeasurable tsunami of harm for you guys um and you know brazil is another one they're opening up brazil africa um it's yeah it's bad it's bad uh, um the uh gamblers like me that documentary bbc news did mm -hmm. about uganda uganda mm. i think it was uganda uh in the the guy we followed collins did a very good job of examining all this it's this all encompassing all-encompassing documentary about um punters is the term gambling yeah. football yeah yeah 
yeah. in Uganda that was really good that I saw. And uh, it again, it just like it's the same behavior I, I that you see everywhere. Just it's to see it in different spots of the world. It's the exact same behavior. It's just in a different yeah. part of the world, and it's scary that. We're just like, yeah, it's gambling. Let's go. Let's do this. People yeah. can do it and some can't, which I understand. I'm not anti-gambling, which I also, I think I read that you are also not anti-gambling. I know that people can do it, have a good time and entertain mm -hmm. themselves. And some of them can do it and make a bunch of money and good for them. I can't. And I know that there are other people who can't also. And so that's, those are the people I just want to look out for is people like mm -hmm. myself who can't gamble because we're addicted to it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. No, I'm not anti-gambling, and I'm I'm not anti-gambling. I'm just anti-exploitative gambling. You know, that's yeah. it's very simple. And I think you know, I think one of the first kind of interviews I did, I you know, I said, look, gambling's gambling's inherent in humans in human behavior. Really, if you think about it, you go for a job, it's gamble. You do you know what I mean? You buy a house, it's a gamble. Um, so it's been around, and and guys guys in the caves were probably gambling, but. The difference is with the way gambling is now. We've got we've got um, products that are, uh, have been designed to be addictive, especially the um, the EGMs. You know, the fruit machines with the AI. You know, they're they're designed. If you, I mean, if you look at the nine points of gambling disorder, it's almost as if these guys have designed these EGMs. You know, based on the harm that not, uh, that gambling disorder can bring, and just think, right, you know. And you know, one day the time's going to come. I think where there's going to be big scrutiny on these these um, algorithms and the AI that's entrenched in these things, and and hopefully there'll be. And if you want to call me a prohibit prohibitionist for that sort of thing, I think I am. I think you know, when you've got a product like that that is designed to be addictive, then something's got to be looked at. And and I kind of think you know, if we just had casinos that had you know a few casinos that had these machines in, and it was really scrutinized and then you had bookmakers so you can just bet on dogs and horses you know things wouldn't be so bad and they weren't so bad when it was like that you know yeah now it's flooded with all sorts of just to gamble yeah. what what do you think would let's if i were to say alex let's fix gambling let's fix it in the uk what's fair from where you're at now what would you like to see done i know it's um, a huge broad stroke question one, but... i mean i mean i guess if you if you if you listen to one of the lobbyist guys a few months ago his headline was affordability is going to be our biggest killer as in the industry's biggest killer. So I think you start at that side of things, um, you know, stripping down, I guess you strip down affordability and ensure there's some sort of model that, that is um, in place is one thing. And then, and then you actually, as a, as an, um, an online casino, if you actually recognize gambling disorder, um, it would, it would kind of help bearing in mind that's a mental disorder that your products are, sort of target a, a, a consequence that your products can have people can suffer from so i guess if if companies can integrate the ai um that they do to extract and exploit from people like us and they use it to actually identify harm markers before people lose a lot of money i think those i think those two things would work very well alongside the the blocks that we've got in place like bank blocks and um 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 apps that you can get that are blocking and i mean i think those two alone you know affordability and then as i say using the using the ai and data to to pick up people's behaviors very early i think that's yeah. possible in fact i know it's possible from some of the conversations i've had um and then you've got to i mean you've got to look at what's achievable in the short term haven't you and you can't fix everything 
Um, I mean, as we were saying earlier, over 18s only for fruit machines. I mean, the fat kids can play on these fruit machines now. It's just it's just crazy. So again, that's that is going to be addressed. I know that. But I mean, and then you start looking later on down the line, like I was saying about looking at products that are designed to be addictive, like the certain fruit machines and in play betting. You know, that's another one that was that's, that's a scary one. It's designed again. It's yeah, it's designed to be addictive. You know, and yeah. it should be. It should be. I think that should be gone as well. But you just got to look at what's achievable right now, haven't you? And I think, as I say, using data, following the rules, having a, having an ombudsman that deals with wrongdoing as well, because you know it's no it's no big um, secret that I think the, our our regulator is atrocious. And but you know if you have a regulator that doesn't really regulate, then of course big companies are just going to get away with what they can at the end of the day. You know. Yeah. And that's here, all the regulations done state by state, there's no federal oversight. So you're left to whatever the state says. And there's 50 states, different states can get away mm. with different things. I think I saw, I saw, I didn't read it because I don't read much, that many articles, like I said, but I'm sure I fleetingly read that New, Jer- New Jersey posted something like an $800, $800 profit for the, for the year or something like that. And I'm thinking, wow, that's one state, you know? Are, are you million? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, they've been... Well, they keep posting record months, like August mm. was a record month and then September. And it's like, well, there's not much else to do right now. Yeah, and yeah. they're playing sports, luckily. So people are betting on it. And that mm. in-play stuff is scary. Yeah, I mean, you just you know, think I get that... making a bet on, on the game. Like, all right, I'm going to bet on the outcome of this game. Mm. But now I can bet on the outcome of the game. But I can also, while I'm waiting for that outcome, place many, many, many bets on what's going to happen and how the ball is going to go down the field and what kind of shot the basketball player is going to take. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's, I mean, it's essentially the same as being able to hit a slot machine, but during, in, during play. It is. Yes. I mean, I remember doing a night shift in the police actually probably like about like um, 20, 2012, something like that. And it was a night shift and I work out in the countryside. So you can go a whole shift and nothing happens. And it was just cold and wet and we were just in the station and <laughs> the old guy was working with fell asleep. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start gambling. I was betting on throw-ins in this game in Ukraine, you know, 50 quid, 50 quid for who's going to be the next guy, the, the next team that gets a throw-in, you know, and spent like the whole shift doing that and losing a ton of money. It's just, yeah, ridiculous. So what are you doing right now for your own personal recovery? Well, rec- I mean, recovery-wise, I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm through, you know, I, I don't have... I don't have any sort of urges or anything like that. And like, and I think what I was going to mention is that the blocking, the blocking stuff, like <clears throat> there's a bank here called Monzo and they're the first guys, I think, to bring a, a gambling transaction blocker in. And I remember calling my banks up back in, you know, early 20, early 2010s and saying, can you help me? Can you help me? I've got a gambling problem. And they're like, no, can't do anything, you know? So if I had these blocking, the blocking software that's around now, if I had that back then, it would have been so much easier for me. It really would have been. So as far as, as, as my recovery goes, I've got this blocking stuff and my partner has all control of all my finances. And I, okay. I basically, yeah. So I basically get an allowance of, of whatever every week. Sure. Um, and if I need more, I just text her. And so there's no urges for me, you know. Was that your doing? Was that your idea yeah, to do yeah. that, or was somebody else suggested? Or no, completely me. And I've done that. And people I, do that. That's a hard choice. It's a hard yeah, thing I mean, to do, I'm sure. I mean, I've done it in the past as well in, in in other relationships, but I'd always I'd always find ways of getting around it. I mean, one time I remember 
you know, sneaking my own bank card out of out of my partner's wallet and photographing it, you know, and putting it back in and then playing later on and then rinsing it. So so I've learned from these things now. So and, yeah. and, and it's all it's all really, really tight. There's no, you know, my, my partner gets it. She's she's got hold of the cards and bank details that don't go online banking, apart from the Monzo. I mean, you can still do online with Monzo. So it's dealing with all the potential um like loopholes i would call them and i've closed them off and that's that's as a result of understanding relapses and how it came to be you know and making sure i'm honest with myself and and my partner and and saying look I, you have the finances i just ask every you know couple of months what we got in the bank sort of thing and make sure she's not spending all the money of course and um but yeah so i don't get any urges and and if i i say i don't get any urges if i walk in the town past a physical bookmaker i still I still do, and it's weird, and, and I kind of look in, and I, I could easily go in there, but again, I've self-excluded from them, and I kind of think, you know what, if I do go in and I'm recognised, it's kind of more now, I guess, if I'm recognised by anyone in the public, and t- they take a photo, I'm, I'm screwed, really, with what I'm doing now, so that's that's motivation enough not to do it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I that you know, there's a small part of me that is, I can use this, pot doing this podcast, like, I stay accountable to the people who listen to it in a sort of a way that like you just mentioned is absolutely well yeah. if all of a sudden i gambled i'd be full of shit yeah everything i'm talking about and so that's it definitely that. yeah yeah well it's i mean from where you came from to where you are you sound like you're in a good headspace and you sound like you'd want to figure out what the hell's going on for everybody else yeah that's it that's it i mean basically i mean throughout my whole adult life and even as a kid you know there was the undiagnosed depression but Throughout my whole adult life, I would go through, you know, periods of depression and then I'd come out and then I'd feel good and then I'd go back down. And yeah. and I think finally that that cycle's broken now that I'm kind of out of the police. I feel feel kind of free and released now. Um, yeah, so the set, I set up, I set up gamvisory.com in um, the end of January of this year. And basically I was, I was planning on building a website in relation to the crime side of of gambling so people that are getting involved in stealing you know a shed load of money from their employers to fund their disorder gambling and i wanted to scrutinize what was going on here because something wasn't adding up and in any way i um i was just about to go ahead and do that and then the gambling commission over here announced um that they were setting up some focus groups on key topics that needed exploring one of which was vip schemes um and and there were a few others i can't even remember what the topics were but anyway they decided to use the big gambling companies to work with them on this without any involvement from lived experience and and it caused an absolute like outrage on twitter and i'm and i'm and i'm looking at this thinking hang on i'm not I'm, something's something's messed up with this so i was like well i'm gonna we need a voice and i'm gonna build a website to get lived experiences voices heard and get get them to get them to these events you know get their voices heard where they need to be heard and not to be excluded anymore so i just cracked on and kind of learned how to build a website and got a got a small group of us together and i hadn't really i hadn't really met any of them um but i knew they were good people and we kind of formed this little group um to do exactly this and and get a bigger group together you know and and get our voices heard and then then the virus kind of struck and and it kind of like that idea dissipated a little bit and people drifted off 
quite rightly because of the the stuff the virus was bringing to their lives. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna plow on. I thought I'm just gonna get all the information I can out there, evidence-based stuff, um, so people can figure out what's going on for themselves if they want to. And and I want to get into the meaningful reports that were coming out to to be fed to the government, um, you know, to kind of help shape their their review into the Gambling Act, which is which is out any day soon. I think December was the last last I heard it's going to happen. So. That was the objective, and I kind of pounded out the the um, information, and yeah, it kind of, it worked. We got in, you know, we got into the the reports for various uh, aspects. Crime, I think, was the main one, and I gave evidence at the Lords as well. So I was I was in their report. I gave evidence at the all party parliamentary group um, committee as well. So yeah, I did that, and um, and I think it was like June when all those reports came out. I, I took a breath and I was like, geez, that was that was intense. What do I do now? And I kind of kind of had a little bit of a dip because I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. And and I had a little bit of um help from a from a very good guy who um set me on the track on on that now with with the new website. When you say that you are part of the report and you submitted to these different places, can anybody do that over there? Or did you just know an inside way, like, oh, I can get this stuff up there? So these people see the information or can any citizen do that? Well, anyone can do it. Well, so it started with the all party parliamentary groups. That's a bunch of crossbench MPs um, who got together to look at gambling harm. And, and they, yeah, they like with the Lords and any other group, they invite submissions from the public. So, yeah, so anyone can do it, you know, organizations, even if you're in the public. So I guess I put my submission to the the all parliamentary all party parliamentary group first of all and then that gave me the platform to be selected to speak in front of them and and then that gave me the platform to go to the lords and speak in front of them so i you know i guess i got lucky with that in a way um and you know but yeah that that's something that anyone can submit to which is a good thing well alex i really appreciate you taking time out to talk to me uh it's it's good to get to know you and uh now when i watch you on twitter i have an idea of where this is coming from which is a really genuine place and so i really want to thank you for coming on and sharing all your ideas and of course about your story because that's very important people need to hear that so thank you so much it's a pleasure man and um yeah when you when you see me on when you see things written on twitter and you're cringing you know i'm just a chill man really mate <laughs> you are you are very chill i didn't know what to expect um i watched i watched one of your videos that you had posted as well of yourself and i thought oh now i can see what he, he looks like and he sounds like and i was like oh this guy's okay yeah i get it and then you came on and you were even more relaxed and i thought oh no i need you to fire at somebody quick tell someone to fuck off no i'm just kidding uh, gambling Chris. <laughs> fuck off <laughs> no uh alex thank you so much for doing this uh really appreciate it do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on twitter and uh the website again yeah gamvisory.com is the website that can educate you on some of the stuff that's gone on and then my new one is gamvisorygroup.co.uk which is a little bit of a different platform but that said um the gamvisory group there's a portal that i've made that can it's a self-help portal so if people are out there struggling and and want to get help and kickstart things and then that's passworded and i'll quite happily give them access to that so and and twitter is gamvisory as well excellent well alex macy thank you so much for joining me and thanks everybody for listening please listen and learn from those who know a better life without gambling and check out gamban.com 
They're our presenting sponsor, and they are wonderful people. Please support them as best you can. This podcast was presented by Lee Street Media, LLC.